Father God, we just love you. We praise you. Thank you for who you are and this opportunity we have to serve you here and around the world. Now continue, dear God, to open people's eyes. Let them see where we're at in your divine plans, what you knew would happen on this day. You knew it before the world began. So Father God, again, just let people be aware that we're getting closer and closer to the Feast of Tabernacles being totally fulfilled with trumpets atonement and finally the return of Jesus Christ in the millennium. We give you glory and praise now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I got a good program on today. I interview different people on radio and television or speak seven days a week. So if you're not aware of that, go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. I also interviewed the host here on omegamanradio.com, Shannon Davis, and I would encourage you to go to my website, worldministries.org, click on television and radio, and listen to that interview. Also, Shannon, we put the interview on that you and I did with another program, and I am running it for our shortwave program. So not only were you on the daily radio, but you'll be on this weekend on our hour program. Fantastic. And thank you for having me. Well, thank you every week. Okay, today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to discuss a little bit. Things change daily, and it's updated some more since Shannon and I did an earlier broadcast on this war going on in Israel, where it's going, what it's going to lead up to. But you're going to hear Reverend E.J. Buckhart, Vance Miller, and myself discuss the Hamas war. And then you're going to hear me teach on atonement. Again, we have trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles. These are the three, if we want to use the word, celebrations, feast of the Lord that haven't been fulfilled yet and are about to be fulfilled as we get ready to start the Great Tribulation. Trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles. Let's begin. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International, as well as Eagles Saving Nations. Go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. You'll see what we're doing in Eagles Saving Nations. If we don't have another great awakening, we're losing America. We need you to join it today. We're at war with the forces of evil. Israel's at war. And let me tell you something it looks like it could very easily drag into a world war. Now, we know eschatology, and we understand the spirit of Islam and their ideology. Islam is not a god that we serve. Allah is not. Islam portrays to be a religion. It's an ideology. It's a constitution. It's for domination. In Islam, they say that Jesus is their prophet to come back and kill the Jews and Christians and bring the world under Allah. They say, if you say Jesus is God, like the Christians believe, they will kill you. That's a capital offense. They'll cut your head off. We do not serve the same God. I have in the studio today, Dr. E.J. Buckhart. He's been with me since 1998. He used to fly Northwest Airlines. If you rode that airline a long time ago, before it became Delta, he uh, flew the jumbo jets as he was closing out his career. EJ, welcome back to the program Warning. Thank you. Vance is with me, Vance Miller. 
He is working toward his master's in theology, well qualified to divide the Word of God. And he's our person involved with radio and television editing. Uh, Vance, welcome back. Thank you, and it's an honor, sir. Now, I'll tell you, we here at World Ministries International, we are well aware of what's going on in Israel. We're well aware of what's going on around the world. I do daily programs seven days a week. Go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org, and you can see what we do. Working with professionals, always warning what is happening. And so we knew there would be a war. The Bible talks about it. The Bible talks about wars leading up to Armageddon. This war right now, for Israel, they have never seen such a fierce war for a long, long time. In fact, I'll read what Israeli's president, Herzog, said. He said, this is the worst day in Jewish history since the Holocaust. He said that again, October 11, 2023. He said, it reminds us of the events of Yom Kippur War in 1973, especially in this attack that happened on the day of the 50th anniversary of Yom Kippur. Israel mobilized the last few days, all reserves also on the northern border to Lebanon, where the situation starts to escalate. The worst day in Jewish history since the Holocaust. EJ? That's if you think about it, it's 1973 and we're in 2023, it's 50 years ago when they had that war. And now they're at war again after the holiday. I read a commentary. It says, terror lurks among millions of illegal aliens. October 12, 2023. Nazism is the common ideology characteristics of Iran and its terrorist surrogates, Hezbollah, Hamas, and their supporters in the United States and elsewhere even flaunting swastikas, who organized pro-Palestinian demonstrations and rallies to celebrate Hamas murdering, raping, and kidnapping of hundreds of innocent Israelis. Since its inception in 1987, Hamas, the Palestinian branch of the Egyptian Muslim Brotherhood, has publicly and repeatedly made clear its intentions. According to Article 13 of the Hamas Charter, the only solution for the Palestinian problem is by jihad. This fervor for jihad while killing Jews sets Hamas and its Iranian supporters apart from the German Nazis, who set out to annihilate the Jews and did their best to murder as many as they could, six million, so they could live in a Judean clean of Jews society. As of this writing, 1,300, 1,300 Israeli babies, young and old women, men and 22 Americans were butchered by Hamas terrorists. At least 150, including at least 17 Americans, have been taken hostage. That's right now during this war. The jihadist ideology that motivates Hamas is clearly stated in Article 7 of the Hamas chapter. The day of judgment will not come about until Muslims fight Jews and kill them. Then the Jews will hide behind rocks and trees, and the rocks and trees will cry out, O Muslim, there is a Jew behind me. Come and kill him. EJ? Unbelievable. It's so satanic, and I, I think people have to understand, you know, that even Israel is now dealing with a very satanic organization. I mean, these are men and women, like we're men and women. We're normal human beings, and yet they're doing this cruelty to a fellow human being. That's not normal. That's satanic involvement. So we're fighting spiritual battle all the way around in this war. We are in trouble. It's not just Israel's national security that's at stake. 
We have no idea how many Hamas members or other radical Muslims have entered the United States of America among the more than one and a half million illegal alien gotaways who have crossed the border during Joe Biden's tenure. One and a half million. Fox News on Tuesday reported on an internal customs and border protection memo identifying 151 individuals on the FBI terror watch list who have been apprehended at the border in fiscal year 2023. In addition, between October 2021 and this month, agents arrested 659 illegal aliens from Iran, 538 from Syria, 164 from Lebanon, 185 from Jordan, 123 from Iraq, 1,613 from Pakistan, 6,386 from Afghanistan, and 3,153 from Egypt. How many Muslim terrorists are here waiting to attack Americans? Vance? It's when you hear those numbers and then you take into account that the leader of Hamas yesterday put out a worldwide announcement calling for a day of rage Friday the 13th here in October 2023. And it's a worldwide day of rage. It's, he didn't limit it to uh, Israel or anywhere else. He's calling upon jihad around the world. This is the Hamas leader. They're, they're, they're looking for international genocide. This article says, how many among those people are radical Muslims with links to Hamas sympathizers celebrating the jihadist terrorist atrocities against innocent Israelis in the streets of New York? Chicago, Los Angeles, and other cities throughout the United States celebrating. Yes. That's sad. In the days of 12th and tomorrow's the 13th, beware. How many of them will respond to former Hamas leader call for a global jihad on October 13th? Ladies and gentlemen, America is in trouble. Vance? Indeed, we are. We, um, I've... Seeing some images and some of the articles you have in front of you, Dr. Hansen, there's one image that's just, I'm having, it's in, in my mind right now, it's one that's widely circulated, unfortunately, on uh, social media. The, the jihadists this time are gloating over their achievements, over, over what they're doing. And there's a, uh, a jihadist carrying an AK or an, an automatic weapon um, and he comes out to the back of a Jeep Wrangler and pulls a woman out of the back of the Wrangler and this, this woman an attractive woman but her hair shoulder length hair is soiled her her t-shirt is unkept her, she's wearing gray sweatpants and he's dragging her around by her hair her hands are, are bound whether by a rope or a zip tie or something and when she turns around backwards, the backside of her sweatpants are bloodied. This woman's been violated. This woman could be any one of us. And not, she was violated before she even got to Gaza. Now what's going to happen to her? This could, this could happen here in America. It could happen anywhere else that this global jihad has been called, this day of rage. Devastated Irishman says he was grateful to learn his daughter had been killed by Hamas rather than taken hostage. Death was a blessing. October 12, 2023. Hamas terrorists have taken 
many as 150 captives into Gaza following their savage attack on Israel. Thomas Hand's daughter's not among them. Rather, she is among the over 1,200 Israelis murdered. Now it's 1,300 in recent days. Upon learning that his little girl was ultimately have been spared the humanities, captives often suffer at the hands of Hamas. The devastated Irishman reportedly rejoiced later, telling CNN death was a blessing. Jesus. EJ? It just... It's mind-boggling as we live here in a very peaceful country, so to speak, or at least where we're at, to know that any human being could be that cruel. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it's mind-blowing. But we got to listen, listen up that this is reality taking place. This is not something in a dream world. This is actually happening to human beings. And I pray that the Lord somehow will intervene very quickly and put an end to this stop. It's, it's got to stop. And the Lord's the only one that's going to be able to prevent it. Ladies and gentlemen, on this warning program, Monday through Sunday, Sunday through Monday, seven days a week, we have been sounding the alarm, giving the warning. I've done so many programs on eschatology, so many programs on what they're trying to do to take over the nation, so many programs on how illegal, again, taking over of nations, destroying borders. They want a one-world government. I've done so many programs on vaccinations that lead to death. They want to depopulate the world. I've done many, 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 many programs over the years on Islam, the dangers of Islam, their ultimate goals. I've done programs again on the traitors in Congress in the White House. Ladies and gentlemen, go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. Look at it. Study it. Sound the alarm. We're losing America. We're losing the world. We must have another great awakening. Join Eagle Saving Nations and give me your very best donation so we can continue to sound the alarm all over the world and sound the alarm in America. It takes money. I need your help or you're going to wake up maybe with yourself and your home invaded by Muslim terrorists. EJ? You know, Dr. Hansen, as you and I have actually been in these kibbutz down at the border of Gaza in southern Israel, you know, at the time we were there, uh, you know, we never heard the rockets. They did go off before we got there about a day or two. But, you know, we went into the bomb shelters. We saw the bomb shelters. You did interview in the bomb shelter. And, you know, at that time, thought, oh, this is a safe place. But this took place here in these last six days. They've gone into these bomb shelters themselves in their homes, and that's where they're killing everybody. Well, this was different than them firing bombs on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. This is where they invaded. Invaded. Oh, yes. So then uh, it's not a matter of escaping into a bomb shelter. It's a matter you go into the bomb shelter, they come in after you and kill you, slaughter you. Yes, yes. And I have visited those places at least 12 times. I've been to Starot probably 8 to 10 times, one mile from the Gaza. I've been to this very kibbutz that uh, they said was massacred. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, what we're seeing today is nothing but the spirit of the beast. The spirit of the beast. The spirit of the beast. Hell itself decapitating babies. Killing men, women, and children. Raping. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is the spirit of the beast. Says Hamas spokesman walks out of Chris Como interview. Como says spokesman can't deal with reality of the pain his terror organization has caused. Even the spokesman for Hamas yep. did not want to be interviewed on television. Amen. I, I, I saw the interview on that, and the when I read that article, that that spokesperson. Uh, Cuomo was giving him a chance to speak up on behalf of Hamas, showing him images and uh, interviews of people who suffered the the attack. And this spokesman, did person for Hamas, thought it would just be like any other interview. Uh, nothing would be said or shown or anything like that. But when he saw the images, he's, he started pulling the earpiece off and says, I'm out of here. Nobody told me this was going to be like this. Nobody uh, uh, said that... Uh, uh, I'd have to uh, follow something like this, and he walked out. Hmm. And Cuomo says he he has a he's got an open invitation to come back and speak if he wants to, but if he doesn't speak, that says everything for itself. Headline news, October 12, thousand twenty three. My mom died on top of me. A sixteen year old Israeli American recalls playing dead as Hamas terrorists stormed his home, murdered parents in front of him. Says an Israeli-American teen suffered through life-shattering agony when Hamas terrorist stormed his home, murdered his parents, and forced him to play dead to survive the brutal raid. Last Saturday, Hamas militants blitzed the kibbutz in southern Israel near the border with Gaza. I've been there. One of the many attacks that ignited the war between Israel and Palestine. From a hospital bed in southern Israel city, Matthias recalled a life-threatening nightmare he experienced as he desperately did everything in his power to escape the murderous clutches of the Hamas extremist. Matthias said after being alerted to the invasion, his family barricaded themselves in their home by putting mattresses and tables in front of the door. However, Hamas militants shot open the door. Rodham's parents, gives their names, were murdered right in front of him. Shalomi Mathias reportedly had his arm blown off by the grenade and Debbie Mathias was shot dead by the invaders. The bullet that killed Debbie traveled through her body and hit Rodham in the stomach. Mathias told ABC News they throw a grenade or something that exploded. The last thing my dad said is he lost his arm and then my mother died on top of me. There was no place to run, so the 16-year-old Israeli-American citizen played dead and prayed that bloodthirsty terrorists wouldn't find him. As the militants surveyed the dead bodies, Matthias said some of them were laughing. I just stopped my breathing. I lowered it down as much as I possibly could, Matthias explained. I didn't move. I was terrified. I didn't make any noise. And I prayed for any God. I didn't really care which God. I just prayed for a God that they won't find me. With his dead mother's corpse on top of him, Matthias played dead for 30 minutes. Once the Hamas terrorist left his home, Matthias hid under the bed, later scurried to a laundry room to hide under a blanket, relatives told the Associated Press. Eventually, Matthias was rescued by Israeli soldiers. Meanwhile, Matthias' two daughters were hiding in a safe rooms in the kibbutz, not far from where their parents were killed. All we could hear were gunshots and people screaming, bombs going off, cars exploding. 21-year-old Sheer Matthias remembered. 
Before she was murdered, the mother told her daughters not to open the door of the safe rooms because Hamas terrorists had infiltrated the kibbutz. The daughters allegedly hid in the safe rooms for more than 12 hours, being rescued by IDF soldiers. Quote, I packed up a bag as quietly as I could. I ran to my sister's apartment. I knocked at her door. She thought I was a terrorist. I called out her name and she opened up. 19-year-old Shaked Matthias said, From that point on, we were together. And the first thing I asked her, do you think mom and dad are dead? Do you think our brother is okay? She told the AP, it's like if you close your eyes, you might think you're in a movie theater. Then you open your eyes and you realize I'm in my room. I'm in my house. This is real. We could hear missiles flying down. We could hear them whistle and explode. It was insane. I've never heard anything like it. It was terrifying. The deadly attack allegedly came just hours after the family gathered for a festive get-together with live music performed by the parents. Just hours before her parents were slain, Sheer Matthias recalled, before I went to my house, my mom said, bye, have fun tomorrow. I was like, thank you, I love you. I gave her a hug and gave my dad a hug. More than 1,300 Israelites have been killed now in this Israel-Hamas war. Ladies and gentlemen, again, I'm reading from the news, Paul Seca, Blaze Media. My mom died on top of me. AJ? You know, I'm thinking right now along that line, they, they talked about how cruel these people are, these jihadists, because it was a grandmother that they killed, but they did it on Facebook, on camera, killed her, slaughtered her, put it on her Facebook for the world to see. That's how cruel these people are. They're proud of what they're doing. How can you be proud of something like if that? If you know Islam, and EJ, yeah, just, you have been with me <laughs> for 25 years. Yep. You've been with me all over the world, all over Israel, the Middle East. You know the people I've interviewed. They think you and I are nothing. Amen. Yep. They think a woman, they're raping oh, them yeah. all through Europe. If you don't wear a head covering, oh, yeah. you're a whore, a prostitute, That's and right. they can rape you. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's make no mistake about it. This is a demonic, demonic religion. Demonic. I'm tired of playing games. We don't serve the same God. Vince? No, no we don't. No, we don't. We, we, we um, Beside myself with with this, I'm, I'm, I'm actually holding back tears. I re read most, most of the articles I gave, gave you a research for me. For you from the blaze and, and it's just and I'm uh, I'm looking at God it could it can be here just as quick just as quick we've we've had this mass invasion this infiltration across our borders and it started with Obama Trump put a stay to it for a while but Obama's surrogate came in and is continuing it and but in spades and the uh, uh, and very large portion of these people that have invaded this nation are military-aged, fit men from all around the world. Some of them are Muslim, some of them are Chinese, communist. And so we, we have multiple enemies within. And with the access to weapons and the access to uh, the drug dealers have of smuggling in, they're probably pretty well 
outfitted and armed too. So, uh, people, put your head on a swivel. Be looking around. Be watchful. It's time to be watchful. If you if you're a father, what are you thinking about your mother and your 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 wife and your children? What are you thinking about your family? Are you being active? Are you are you taking this seriously? I know I am. I'm thinking about daughters that are living elsewhere around the country. I can't do anything for. But people, we we're so close. We are. Ladies and gentlemen, now listen carefully as I give you some resources. You can telephone 360-629-5248. My website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. You can order these resources. Also, I need your very best donation to continue sounding the alarm. We need to, you know, we're on seven days a week, but we need to go on national television. Truth takes away deception, prayer brings conviction. You need to support this warning program. Again, you can support me by 360-629-5248 or worldministries.org. Now, you can also order these books. Return to Mecca for a donation of $20 or more. The day of the Lord is at hand for a donation of $25 or more. Again, this is all plus shipping and handling. Islam prophesied in Genesis, a donation of $20. Is fanatic Islam a global threat? A donation of $20. Islamic threat updates, a donation of $20. Dateline Jerusalem, by Chris Mitchell, a donation of $25. Again, all of this is or more. Freedom Fighter, a man, one man's fight for one free world, a donation of $25. Once the true story of an Arafat man, and it says once an Arafat man, a donation of $25 or more. I interviewed this man on my own television station. He had shot and killed 300 Jews and Christians for Yasser Arafat, and then became a Christian. Hallelujah. Philistine, $25. The late great state of Israel, $30. Islam, the new global realities, any donation. And the politically correct guide to Islam. The politically incorrect, incorrect guide to Islam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Says you think you know about Islam? You need to read this book, The Political Incorrect Guide to Islam. And you need to order my book, The Science of Judgment, and you'll understand what's happening in nations right now. Again, 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, and worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, 
One must read The Science of Judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and shalom. Now, I'm going to continue on the Feast of Tabernacles. It's a tabernacle season. We're going to talk about atonement today, but I'm just going to uh, just summarize it in case this is the first time you've tuned in and uh, you don't even know what the feasts are all about. Well, you have seven feasts. You have the spring feast. All of them point toward Jesus Christ. It's all concerning the Messiah. Now, the first four have come to pass. Passover. Jesus died on a cross. He's our Passover lamb. Unleavened bread. Dealing with sin. Removing sin from our lives. First fruits. Resurrection day. Again, Jesus took our sin on the cross. And Pentecost, the power of God. And that's what Eagle Saving Nations is all about. Getting back to Pentecost, the power of God, working through the believer. So instead of being afraid and intimidated, they speak with power and authority like Peter did after Pentecost. Now the fall feast. All have to re deal with again Jesus Christ. And these are yet to be fulfilled, but we're getting so much closer. It goes with the, into eschatology, the return of Christ. Trumpets, spiritual warfare, the horn of our salvation. I'll tell you what, Jesus is our warrior, our fighter, the horn of our salvation. When he returns, he removes evil governments. He deals again the plagues against those that come against his church. Uh, he is the horn of our salvation, the power of God, uh, the voice and might of God. Six is atonement. We're going to discuss it today. It goes into fasting and prayer. It's the only time in the whole Bible that they mandatory one day of fasting and prayer. And uh, test of our faith goes into confession and repentance. So if you are a practicing Jew, some are not, uh, they set aside one day of year for fasting and prayer. Tabernacles, the fulfillment of the return of Christ, where now he'll be with us forever and ever. Not just the Holy Spirit in us, but we'll be together with him. Okay, so we want to talk about, maybe I should just clarify it a little bit. Some, you know, it changes every year, and this is the reason. The Gregorian calendar was named after Pope Gregory Thirteenth, who established it in 1582, based on the sun or solar calendar. The Pope, the sun god. The Jewish calendar is a moon or lunar calendar. The solar calendar is one, 11 and a quarter days longer than the lunar calendar, which explains why the celebration days are different each year. Sometimes the Feast of Tabernacles falls in uh, September. Sometimes they fall in October. The Hebrew name for the Feast of Tabernacles is Sukkot. Sukkot means booths or huts. Uh, we as a staff used to gather seven days and nights out in tents, just to give an idea and how blessed we are that we are not going through the wilderness for 40 years and 40 nights. And uh, I should say 40 years and every night for 40 years. But uh, we, 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 
We heard enough little grumbling and complaining with uh, Christians for seven days in tents. You know, worked out some of their carnality and luxury. Uh, You know, I wonder what 40 years would have been like. But Sukkot means booths or huts. Tabernacles means tent or a temporary shelter. So it's also called the Feast of Booths, Tents. Again, the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, one aspect of the Christian life that keeps many believers from entering God's rest. He wants us to enter his rest. We're going through troubling times, especially, again, what the world is going to face before the return of Christ. You can see troubling times in America. He wants us to be at rest, not a basket case. We need to know how to cope with trials in life and trials that are going to come upon us. We all experience difficulties that try our faith and test our obedience to the revealed will of God in our lives. We all do. How we respond to these trials often make the difference in whether or not we know how to have rest in God, how to rest in God. The Day of Atonement is an aid that God has given us to teach us about our Lord Jesus Christ and how to handle the inevitable trials that confront every believer. We all go through trials. There's no way around it. We are made of flesh and blood. When we're born, we already start to die. That's why when Jesus died on the cross, he took away the law of sin and death. In other words, eternal separation because of the original sin of Adam and we've all sinned. Now we can have eternal life. It represents the sixth step atonement in our walk with God. Historical background, again, you can see all the feasts in Leviticus chapter 23. Leviticus instructions concerning the day of atonement. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, also the tenth of this seventh month shall be the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by the fire to the Lord. You know, the fire of God, the Holy Spirit. And you shall do no work on that day. For it is the day of atonement to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. For any person who is not afflicted of soul on that day, he shall be cut off from the people. You know, we have mercy and grace right now, but if we don't get it right with God, we're going to be cut off for eternity. Any person who does any work on that day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout all the generations in all your dwellings. It shall be to you a Sabbath and a solemn rest, and you shall afflict your souls. Again, that was Leviticus 23, specifically 26 through 32. Now, the Day of Atonement. This was the great day of national cleansing and repentance. Don't you wish all of America honored it? Don't you wish even churches today honored it? Christians. It's not mandatory. We're not Jews, but I tell you, we should be doing this anyway. In fact, we should be working at our salvation with fear and trembling every day. But it was a great day of national cleansing and repentance from sin. It was on this day that God judged the sins of the entire nation. In view of this, the Day of Atonement became known as the Day of Judgment. The Day of Atonement was the one day in the year when the high priest would go beyond beyond the veil, you know, behind it, into the Holy of Holies with the blood of the sacrifices and sprinkle it on the mercy seat. 
Thank God when he went, when Jesus ascended, he sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat. This offering of the innocent substitutionary sacrifice made possible the atonement for the sins of the nations. See, the priest did it in anticipation of the Messiah doing it. We know the Messiah has done it. We recognize Jesus as our Messiah. The word atonement means to cover. See, we are covered. Our sins are covered. On the great, not only that, our judgment is covered. Thank God. Aren't you happy? Our judgment is covered. I'm glad. Believe me. On the great day of atonement, the sins of the nation were covered by the blood of the sacrifice. Now, again, I wish America recognized this. We need to be covered for our sins so, again, this nation can be saved. I'm talking about beyond toppling the republic, but I'm talking about preventing judgment that's going to come from God. Because this day was the day of judgment, it was a time of great soul affliction. It was a day of godly sorrow, godly repentance, and confession of sin. It was time of mourning before God with a broken spirit and contrite heart. It was the only required day of fasting in the entire Bible. Anyone who would not repent of his sins would suffer death. The Jews further believed that the day of final judgment and accounting of the soul would come on the day of atonement. On this day, the future of every individual would be sealed and the gates of heaven would be closed. In light of this belief, the Jews performed many good deeds during the 10 days between the Feast of Trumpets and the Day of Atonement. This 10-day period became known as the Awesome Days or the 10 Days of Repentance as the people prepared themselves spiritually for the Day of Atonement. They would express their concern and hope by greeting each other with a phrase, may your name be inscribed in the book of life. Jesus. Praise God. May your name be inscribed in the book of life. That's my hope and prayer. Amen. Amen. May my name. Amen. Let's look how Jesus fulfilled this. He fulfilled the spiritual aspects of the day of atonement when he went into the heavenly holy of holies with his own blood, which he shed for the sins of the world. We have been forgiven, made clean once and for all by the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus did what the blood of bulls and goats could never do. It did not just cover our sins, it took them away, never to be remembered anymore. See, we don't need any condemnation, but we need to stay under the blood because it's the only way of salvation. When we receive this great blessing of forgiveness, once and for all, when we repent of our sins with a broken and contrite spirit, accept Christ as the innocent substitutionary sacrifice who died and was judged in my place, in your place. At that point, our future can be sealed with the Holy Spirit, with God. Our names are inscribed, recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. Guarding our position before God. Again, the only thing that could change that is just like when Egypt, the plagues came against Egypt, the final plague, the death of the firstborn, the Hebrews had to stay under the blood also and not go out or they were subject to the death angel. We've got to stay under the blood and not continually, purposely continue in our sins. We receive God's blessing when we do. 
to cover. Again, atonement is to cover. I'm glad my sins are covered by the blood. Even though God has forgiven us, this does not mean we do not need a continuous cleansing in our daily lives. Each one of us need a continuing, continuous cleansing. And you know it especially if you're married. Uh, it will test your faith. It'll test your character. It'll text, uh, test your sanctification, uh, having to live with another human being. Uh, every man and woman knows exactly the faults of the other. And how do you handle those faults? Can you cover their blood, you know, under the blood of Jesus? Or do you respond in a different way? This tests who we are, our character. And God will continue to let us go th through things in this life until our character becomes pure gold. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus' son cleanses us from all sins. There's no one perfect, no, not one, but this is where grace enters in. Grace, grace. If you can give your spouse grace, you have a great marriage. If you can't, God will not give you grace and you got a lot of trouble in this life until you learn grace. Some people don't learn it until they've made a mess out of their life. Grace is what it's all about. God's giving you grace, you give other people grace. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Only you can blot out your name in a continuous act of rebellion from the book of life. Only you can. God will never blot it out. 1 John 1, 6-9. One of the ways that God works this in us is through the trials of life that test our faith and draw us closer to God. Through the trials of life, I, I, you know that song, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, I've learned to trust in God. I look through my life and I see how my different trials, I've gone through some deep waters, but it's drawn me closer and closer and closer and closer to God. I am so much different than I was in my 30s. And that's a good thing. And um, I'll tell you what, I'm a lot more patient and, and forgiving and everything else than I, I was my 20s and 30s. Young 30s. Although whatever conflict you have in marriage, it comes from this lack of maturity in you or your spouse or both of you. Usually there has to be somebody more mature or people don't stay married. That's the way it is. If you got two people with the same level of sanctification, you got trouble. And that's why over 52% in the church get divorced. It takes maturity. In other words, it takes grace. Recognizing that God forgave us, we need to forgive too. We need to forgive too. If we can only do that, relationships will never be broken. Sounds easy, but it's not. Just work with people and see, man, you're dealing with stubborn people. Jesus experienced great trials. God uses these trials to purify our motive, motives and actions that we might be more and more conformed to the moral character of Jesus. Jesus wants you to be like him. Remember Watchman Nee? God is killing you. In other words, he's killing your, yourself, your pride so you can be more like him.
And then he can use you when you die. You die, my pride dies. And the more it dies, the more the Holy Spirit can work through me. In other words, the more God can use me. And that is really the way it is. The more we get out of the way, the more God can use us. Get out of the way. Again, it's easier said than done. And that's why trials have to come into our life. Jesus himself experienced trials. His trials were tests of obedience that forced him to constantly rely on the Heavenly Father and seek him through prayer and fasting. Jesus gave us his example. He prayed and fast. It's all the way through the New Testament. Right to the Garden of Gethsemane. He brought his apostles with him, future apostles, disciples. Can you pray with me? Jesus purifies his bride, the church, by baptizing us in the fiery trials of our faith. The purpose is to force us to earnestly seek God through prayer and fasting, just like he did. When John spoke of Jesus as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, he also said that Jesus would baptize us with fire. John said, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. His windowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquestionable fire. Luke three sixteen through 17. So um, again, God is dealing with the chaff in our life, isn't he? Uh, we've, again, we've gone through, everyone should, you know, I'm sure has gone through deep waters. If not, you will go through deep waters because you are being prepared for heaven. You're being prepared to be like Christ. I've gone through a lot of trials over the years. I'm talking a lot, including losing a spouse, but I've gone through trials and had persecutions at and cells, falsely accused everything else. All of it has drawn me closer to God, make me more forgiving, to give more and more grace. It's all had its effect in my life, and that's what trials are for. Jesus experienced the baptism of fire and promised all who followed him, hey guys, you're going to do it too. We learned this from our conversation Jesus had with the mother of two disciples. The mother of Zebedee, sons, came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him, and he said to her, what do you want? What do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Jesus answered and said, You don't know what you're asking me. Are you able to drink the cup I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm about to be baptized with? They said to him, We are able. Now that was foolishness. They didn't know what they were talking about. So he said to them, you indeed will drink, because in the future, yes, the apostles died for the cause of Christ. They matured and they went through deep waters and became martyrs. So he said to them, you indeed will drink my cup and be baptized in the baptism I am baptized with. But they weren't ready at that moment. See, Peter, yeah, I'll do anything. He ran, hid, and lied. Remember Peter, the boasting Peter? Later on, he became such a tremendous apostle. But he had to grow in this area of life that God wants all of us to grow in. And God atoned. In other words, covered his sins. He says, 
I am baptized with, but to sit on my right hand, my left is not mine to give, but it's for those whom the Lord my Father prepared it for. Matthew 20, 20 through 23. In other words, God the Father knows who is going to sit where. In other words, how they respond to the trials in life. Are they worthy in this area of ruling and reigning? How we respond on earth is important. Some people go to their grave cursing. Well, I can guarantee you they're not going to have any uh, place of honor in heaven. I'm not sure if they're going to be there. Before his arrest, you know, Jesus went through a lot of trials. We won't cover all of that. Personal application, when Jesus experienced in his flesh while on earth, whatever he did, we are as his followers, we will also experience our inner self being tested. Jesus was crucified to, for our sins. Our response to this is to die to ourself and take up our cross daily. Jesus was buried with our sins. Our response is to put off the old man of sin daily. Choose to put it off. Jesus was raised from the dead. Likewise, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but have been raised from our spiritual grave to put on the new man and walk with a newness of life. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, enabling him to minister in the power of God. We too must be filled with the Holy Spirit for the same purpose. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He immediately entered personal warfare, spiritual warfare, and many trials to test his faith. When we become filled with the Holy Spirit, we also enter spiritual warfare and great trials, trials beyond any dimension we've ever experienced before. As soon as we become a Christian, we're in a spiritual battle. And uh, the more effective we become, the more we're a target of the uh, enemy and the more trials we go through. But God uses them to make us powerful and strong and moving in the supernatural. Peter spoke of this with these words, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial in which you're going through as though some strange thing is happening to you. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to the faithful creator. 1 Peter 4, 12, 17 and 19. Now, Jesus did not die to save us from trials and problems. He died in order that we might have victory and God's rest in spite of our trials and problems while we go through them. Okay. He died so we would have rest going through them. Not to save us from them. It's appointed unto man once to die and then comes judgment. Nothing can take that away because of Adam. Our response to trials is not to run from them or pretend they don't exist, but to commit our soul to God who is our faithful creator. will never allow us to have a trial so great we can't have the grace to go through it. He will give us the grace. 1 Corinthians 10 13, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. Peter, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by the various trials that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glorify at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1, 7 through 8. Peter, Next encourages us by saying, any trial we face will only be for a little while. It won't last forever. 
Once God has used it to accomplish his purpose in our life, this trial will pass. We determine how long the trial will last by the way we respond to it. I preached a sermon, some of you heard me 25 years ago, around the block, around the block. Some people keep going around the same block, hit their nose, bloody, bloody, bloody. Finally, maybe after, some people learn right away and are promoted to another block. Some people hit their head for 25 years. I've known those kind of hard cases. They're not every day, usually you can learn and move on, but uh, there are some hard nuts. But if we seek God through prayer and fasting with a broken and contrite spirit, the trial will quickly pass. If we become angry with God because of our trial or try to run from it, it usually prolongs it. Peter then states that we have various trials. Sometimes it seems that our whole world is falling apart, that everything seems to be going wrong. This does not necessarily mean you are living in any sin or that God is trying to punish you. It could very well just be a normal process and normal pressures of, uh, that pile up on us from time to time. God will use them in your life to develop his character in you if you let them. You know, stress kills. A lot of us, you know, if you let stress get to you, get to you, it doesn't mean that you've done any sin other than not learning how to give them to God. And every one of us sometimes have come under stress that we haven't, then we shake ourselves, hey, let me give it back to God. This is killing me. I can't sleep. I mean, we've all, I've, I've had to catch myself many times, say, God, I can't deal with this. Take it back. You know, and he says, you should have never gave it. You should have never uh, kept it. I always want it. And uh, then when I realize it and I, I get it, let God deal with it, then you go to sleep again. But we all have stress. Again, God uses our trials to develop his character in us if we'll let him do so. Peter points out that going through trials can be a very grievous and stressful experience. To acknowledge this doesn't mean you lack faith or that we're not trusting God. It merely means we're facing the situation realistically and telling it like it is. In other words, we're human and honest. But we do not have to carry this burden alone. Instead, we give our burdens to God through prayer and thanksgiving. 1 Peter 5, 7. Again, the purpose of trials is to test the genuineness of our faith. It tests our faith, the trials of life. And that's what also the church is all about, the body of Christ, to support one another in our trials. Every one of us has needed support, and we will. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been watching, listening to the warning program. I hope you understand that give God your trial let him continue to do a good work in you. He has good things planned for you. He has victory ahead for you. Realize that. Shannon? This was an awesome broadcast today. I love the uh, discussion and updates on Israel. Thank you, Dr. Hansen and WMI for standing with Israel. Brother EJ, Brother Vance, great input there. And I love the teaching on the, uh, the feast and uh, give God your trials. I pray that uh, Israel take back the land and that God go before them and be their defense. And uh, I believe that should be the prayer of every true believer. You know, I'll just make this brief comment that I put up on my Facebook wall. I really believe it, Dr. Hansen. If the people out there who call themselves Christians and part of the church don't love the Jews 
and are not willing to stand with Israel. I think there's a high probability that they're not going to be with Jesus Christ when he comes back and rules and reigns from Mount Zion in Jerusalem. He is the Jewish Messiah. And as Gentiles, we should not boast against the branches. We should support them. That's our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, the one new man, as uh, Sid Roth likes to call it, the commonwealth of Israel is what we make up. The church has not replaced Israel. God's going to keep his covenant with his uh, covenant people and that land, and he's going to give every square inch of it that he promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to Israel before it's over with. And um, we need to get on board because the world is standing against Israel. Are we also going to stand against Israel and be over there on the side of Goliath and the Philistines? If you are, remember what happened to Goliath. Didn't go good for him and won't go good for you. That's my micro sermon. Dr. Hanson, before we close, how can a person become a member of Eagle Saving Nations and, of course, support the general funds of the ministry so you can continue to expand this work for the Lord? You can go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. Once again, worldministries.org. You can give that way. You can also join Eagle Saving Nations. We have to have another great awakening, which is a national repentance, or that's what revival is, repentance. There's got to be a change of heart throughout America, because if not, judgment is certain. Millions of people will die. If you listen to this program today, you know how serious it is. We've already had about 8 million people cross the border. This is a total invasion. They have 1.5 million getaways. They got away. And uh, I listed the different countries. They've caught the different terrorists. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in a critical situation. You can also telephone 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. Once again, 360-629-5248, and you can give that way. You can write a check, address it to WMI. My address is P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Once again, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. We also have an account for this war. If you want to send resources, market for Israel, and we will get it there. I'm a member of the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus, as well as uh, I'm with all the time. I've had updates from the president of the International Christian Embassy, Jerusalem. I've been there many times. He's been on my program different times. And so we're both a member of the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus. We will get the resources back to Israel. And again, you can send it through us, Market Israel, you'll get a tax deduction. Shannon, I look forward to, again, we will do a program together this Monday on the warning program, and we will update again the world on the current situation, what's going on by Monday afternoon. Shannon? It'll be an honor to be there with you. Uh, thank you for uh, the great broadcast you brought today. And again, folks, go to worldministries.org and come on board with us. We'll see you all next time. Have a great weekend. Love you all. God bless you. We love you.